Welcome everyone, I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, with the latest installment of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where our editors and reporters discuss the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. Today, my guest is Brenna Nath, the Managing Editor of our HW Plus Premium Content Program and our Magazine Editor. And we're going to talk about the March Magazine, which just went live today. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Why should you price your jumbo loans with PennyMac TPO? Is it the same great service you've come to expect with their conventional loans? Yes. Is it the competitive pricing they provide? Yes. Is it the fact that after closing, they don't sell off your borrowers so that you know they are in good hands? That would also be a yes. Get more information or price a jumbo AUS loan today at tpo.pennymac.com. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. All right, we are ready to dive in. Brenna, welcome back. It's a pleasure to be here, Sarah. I always enjoy being on the podcast. You know, we love it. We we used to do Girl Funds podcast together, and uh, we would just do this every day if we could. We love it. So let's dive into the March magazine. Uh, so many interesting things there. Of course, the cover story is our Tech 100 winners. Yeah, actually, before jumping in, I might want to spotlight something fun about this issue that's very unique for the first time. So for those who are looking at it digitally, Fun fact, this still works digitally, but if you have the print copy, it might be a little bit more fun. But I want to highlight how unique the cover is, this issue. So if you have the cover of this Tech 100 magazine, you'll see a little QR code right in the corner of the you know, PDF, of the print copy. Our graphic designer got a little bit creative with this issue. And if you have your phone, like any other QR code, just take your phone out, scan that QR code. And what it does, it creates this digital version of the cover that's interactive and you'll see the design move around. So that's one of my favorite parts about this issue that not only are we spotlighting these tech innovative companies who are moving the market forward, but the cover itself is also pretty techy and taps into an Adobe program that allows you to have kind of like this AR, augmented reality, tech innovative things that I can't fully understand, but our designer was able to kind of capitalize on use, uh, making a very interactive cover, which is, we've never had anything like that. It seems very meta, doesn't it? It's like, you know what? We're on the cutting edge and so is our cover, even though it's a print magazine. I love it. That's, I think, my favorite part about it. So we're now about around 10 years for doing this Tech 100 Award program. But something that we really switched up about three years ago now is breaking up the list into mortgage and real estate. We started to see a lot of progress and innovation when it came to just real estate and just mortgage and wanted to be able to spotlight these different sectors because there are so many companies that are doing amazing things in both of those categories that we split up the list about two years ago, three years ago to showcase, hey, here are the mortgage companies that are you know really creating change in the industry and here are the real estate companies. And while there are companies that cross both lists or do things in both sectors. Sometimes they're doing more in one, sometimes they're innovating in both. And so this, these lists help showcase that. I think one of the funnest things about um, being at Housing Wire for so long, 
Right. You and I have both been here since 2013 um, with a little break on your part, but we've both been around for so long is seeing the growth in this category in, in tech companies that are serving mortgage and real estate. The first year, it was really difficult to find a hundred companies that we wanted to showcase. Not that there weren't a hundred total, but like that were doing innovative enough things. And then each year it got harder and harder to just to pick just 100 until, like you said, we had to break it out into mortgage and real estate because there's no way to to only pick 100 on that giant, vast landscape of, of companies that were doing so many interesting things. So every year I marvel at the fact that these some of these companies are uh, made the first list. They're still around. They're still doing really interesting things. Some of these are brand new. Some of these we've just known the last couple of years. And so it's it's just such a fun uh, space to see things evolve in this way. And of course, we know that that, uh, our whole industry, whether mortgage or real estate, is relying on these companies to get the efficiencies they need, to really make the process better for consumers, to um, be compliant. So it's a very, very important list of, of companies. What's been interesting to watch throughout the years is to your point, how much that bar has grown and what, you know, innovation looks like, disruption looks like, what we'll dive further into or deeper into during this podcast episode, but how that bar has changed over the years, something for anyone who's applied for our board programs, but I'll also highlight now, something we commonly look at is what have you done over the past 12 months? What have you done over the past year that applies often to our women of influence, our housing finance leaders, our rising stars? And Tech 100 can go broader than that on what you've done. But something we've noticed or has been fascinating is that these companies that made the list five years ago, four years ago, we're not giving them award because they're doing the same thing and they're adding to their press release. Hey, you know, we still have the same XYZ product that we had four years ago. No, it's really that these companies continue to see what's needed in the industry as servicing change, as compliance changes, as, you know, a lot of people went online over the past year, as remote online organizations became a lot more prominent over the last year to e-closings. They've noticed where the holes continue to be in the industry or what different sectors need to connect and how can they create cross, you know, functional systems for this industry and continue to innovate in those areas. So these companies aren't just doing the same thing that they were doing years ago. But if you look at the people on the list, a lot of these products or these acquisitions or this growth is new. Yeah, I, I would second that. Absolutely. It's really an important point because there is no like um, lifetime achievement awards when it comes to the Tech 100. It is constantly changing and we want to see what that those companies have done. And it is a huge, long process for us to go through every single, um, you know, award winner's profile to to pick the ones. And then we have a debate about it. We have outside people. We have, you know, it, it's a huge process, but the great thing about it is you can really see where the where the industry is moving. And this year we had we always write a feature around it, um, kind of summing up what it looks like. And and this year's feature was written by our CEO Clayton Collins, who he's a great writer. I I love uh, editing his stuff because you know he's that's not what he that's not his main job, but he does he does a great job at it. And and the thing that he really decided to spotlight was the difference between innovation and disruption. And since we started these this award, one of the things that people like to talk about is how they're going to be the disruptors of the industry. And I joke about how, you know, I mean, every seemingly for a while, every uh, tech company in the mortgage space, especially 
their their backstory was like, I tried to get a mortgage. It was terrible. Now I've come to like save the save the you know consumer from this terrible process. And and I think a lot of them have made great strides and really helped. But it's funny when you read that now. When I read that from a company that just started, I'm like. Buddy, get in line, man. There is a ton of companies who have been doing this. And uh, if you don't know that, you haven't been paying attention, you know. So, but he really draws the line between the people who are like, what is disrupting versus what is innovating? So I'd love to ask you from your perspective, Brenna, what is that line that he's really drawing there? It's a great point to take two steps back on Clayton Collins writing. And he was also, um, to give a little bit more information there, he wrote the intro and then a deep dive into the mortgage winners. But as we noted previously, we also spotlighted the Tech 100 real estate winner. So Tracy Velt, who was our editorial director over at Real Trends, an HW media company along uh, with Housing Wire, she dives into all the Tech 100 real estate winners and does a deep dive there. Um, but both kind of dig into this idea that Clayton sets. And to your point, Sarah, uh, he doesn't write a ton, which makes it a lot more fun and interesting when he does write, especially uh, some behind the scenes, I guess, take on the magazine is having the CEO write. He wrote from first person. So it was fun as you're editing to make sure like, okay, this is written in the first person, which I think adds a lot more value to the piece because you can look at it from the eyes of the CEO but making sure from a magazine editor's perspective that it's clear that Clayton wrote this part and Tracy wrote this part since they both are written in first person. So you'll see that online. You can see the bylines for both of them. That way you know clearly like, okay, this is Clayton's perspective. Okay, this is Tracy's perspective. And Tracy just as much has been following the real estate industry for so long. So just as valuable as it is to see Clayton's knowledge and understanding on the mortgage space, it's just as uh, valuable to see Tracy deep dive into the real estate technology. But wanted to read just a little bit of of Clayton's um, intro because I thought it was a little bit of fun. And he talks about how in 1995, Clayton Christensen and Joseph Boyer, they published an article in the Harvard Business Review. And he has a little note there that he was like, didn't read it at the time. I was in the third grade, probably sitting in the back of a classroom. disgruntled and had two broken arms due to poor judgment. So I think that's a fun little firsthand perspective there about, you know, hey, this is something we're reading in today's, but still just as applicable and just as helpful to today's environment. But he really dives into like, and we see it all the time in kind of people's press release and how we write, how we talk about technology, but disruption and innovation aren't the exact same thing. Disruption is As defined by this article, disruption is disruptive technologies introduce a very different package of attributes from the one mainstream customers historically value. So emphasizing a very different package of attributes. That's disruption, extremely different. Versus innovation, which is sustaining innovations raised each architecture's performance alongside along steep trajectories, so steep that the performance available from each architecture soon satisfied the needs of customers in the established markets. Basically just being like, this innovation is already there and we're going to continue to progress and we're going to keep making steep changes or steep, you know, developments and updates in it. But it's not this very different package from what was there and defining in the mortgage industry. What does disruption look like and what does innovation look like? And I know, Sarah, those are two words that we see tossed around quite a bit. Well, we do. And I, I even think from a consumer standpoint or just a, a normal person standpoint, I mean, you don't really want disruption all the time. I mean, like I, I like things the way they are, make them better. That's fine. But not everything needs to be disrupted. And I think a lot of the innovations 
have been disruptive in the sense of like from an overall standpoint of the satisfaction of a mortgage experience, I think we've gotten a long way. But, you know, to Clayton's point in that article, we haven't seen like the Amazon of of mortgage. We haven't seen someone come in and, and fundamentally change things from A to Z. That's not always a bad thing. I, I would say after the last couple of years where we've had so much unwanted disruption, disruption in a negative sense, it's not always, you know, disruption isn't always something that, you know, we should strive for. But it is something that companies like to tout when when they're writing their descriptions as we're disruptive, you know, but what we see more often is that they're innovative and innovative is great. We, we love innovative and we love spotlighting that. A question I would highlight in Clayton's article. So for anyone listening, Sarah mentioned the title of this article is a look behind this year's Tech 100 winners. When you're going through it, Clayton asked the question, which I also highlighted in the EndNote in the magazine, which is um, basically we have to stop and ask ourselves, is disruption the biggest threat that mortgage lenders face or is the bigger threat resistance or hesitancy to adopt innovative solutions? That question is a very interesting question once you have the foundational difference of innovation versus disruption. So that question reworded is, we're also afraid of disruption and someone coming in and doing this extremely different type of technology or this extremely vastly different way of process and flows in the mortgage industry. But in reality, you're asking the wrong question. And are you really just afraid of innovation and the people who are making steep technological changes to the systems that we already know. It's not drastically different, but instead they're improving a process already there. And really does the industry need to get better at um, adopting innovative solutions, not the disruption angle? I also think, you know, it really depends on what kind of mortgage company you are and who you serve of which of these, you know, something that that might be innovative could make a huge difference in, in to your audience. And also it's interesting to see things ebb and flow. We get a ton of, you know, pitches about, oh, we have this new company, we have this new technology. And we always try to wait a little bit and see like, you know, it's easy to start something. It's hard to deliver on those things. And it's really hard to deliver over time to deliver value and have people take that technology up to adopt it, to for it to make a difference in their business. And so it's one of the things that we do with these awards is we're really looking for impact, right? So you, it might be something really innovative, but if it's just brand new and no one's really using it, you know, it's it's a big question mark whether they're going to, whether it's ever going to really make any kind of impact. Two companies one, I think a lot of this in a way is open for debate from the industry. And we always like to say we have an, you know, an open email kind of, if you have thoughts on feedback on this exact topic or this discussion, feel free to weigh in on, no, you think you are a disruptor or no, you're right. This is an, an, an innovator type of company, not so much a disruptor, but Clayton mentions it in the real estate part. And I would also touch on it on the real estate side that two examples that you might see that aren't on the Tech 100 list, but good examples of this is Clayton um, refers to the better.com saga that's going on right now as them as a disruptor in the industry. And a lot of us have been watching the news unfold there when it comes to better.com and the CEO and Vishal Garg and what's been happening at Better. And then I think you can also look to right now, we're still kind of in the middle of earnings seasons on the real estate side. So look at all the iBuyers that really created um, this completely new way of buying and selling a home and inserting this middleman into the process to say, hey, you need to up and move to California right away. We'll help you in the middle, buy your house, then resell it. Those are two kind of disruptor companies that 
to the questioning or the, the main crux of the question in this article is, is disruption the way to go or is innovation the way to go? And you can look at those companies, go look at, you know, Open Doors earning reports. You can look, go look at um, OfferPad, which OfferPad, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, they're the only one right now to post a profit out of all the iBuyers. And so, yeah, I think so yeah. they're the articles that I would recommend going back and looking as you start having this debate internally or within your company on disruption versus innovation is let's look at the companies that are disrupting out there and what, what lessons are to be learned from those. I think, you know, one of the, what better was seeking to disrupt was really the whole model of the um, loan officer, right? So they paid loan officers differently. You could sort of bypass the loan officer uh, through a digital Thing. Not completely, but um, so that so that's been interesting to watch. I also just wanted to bring up, you know, when we talk about the split between mortgage and real estate, one of the hardest things we have to do is decide: is this technology should it belong in mortgage or real estate? Because you know, uh, things that are to do with title, things that are to do with appraisal. Well, does that belong with mortgage or real estate? They're part of the real estate transaction. But which way do we go? And so I'm um, happy for our audience to weigh in there. We did the best we could by feeling like this This seems like this um, is what that audience would like to see. But it is it is difficult to even just to make that very small uh, distinction between mortgage and real estate because everything now is converging. And a lot of the disruption that we see, you know, stepping back from the companies themselves and their, and their um, innovative technology is the disruption that we're seeing by these companies getting into each other's spaces, by the number of lenders who, you know, I mean, everybody's got a title company, appraisals going big, and then you even had some of the tech companies going the other way and 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 doing mortgage. So I think there's a there's a larger discussion about technology and innovation too. That's a great point. There is this growing trend that we notice. Maybe Rocket is a good one to spotlight. You have obviously Rocket Mortgage, but you also have Rocket Homes. You also have title within that and so many other types of companies. We've been saying for years now, I would say this end-to-end mortgage, end-to-end digital mortgage or the full the full cycle of the loan and the borrower from buying the home all the way maybe to servicing and beyond type thing. And that's something we're starting to notice as more companies kind of grow in this space. What they're growing into is opening a title shop, a closing shop, having a real estate or working with you know a JV partner a strong, you know, mortgage arm. And that's a trend when it, it comes to categorizing these companies that maybe one company was nominated, but their parent company really does have a, I always mess up my idioms, a leg in the door, a foot in the door in every single type of industry. Don't quote me when it comes to idioms, but um, just something we're noticing quite a bit. It is foot in the door, but it was a valiant <laughs> attempt. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you. And it's something that we mentioned when I talked to you about the Tech Trendsetters articles, uh, right, is that it, it's so fun to see where things are going and how things are converging there. Um, so that's that's a big part of the magazine, but it's not everything that we did. So in the first part of the magazine, we always have commentaries from industry leaders. That's one of my favorite sections. So um, I love the magazine. You know that uh, now that you're the magazine editor, I love reading what what you're putting together. Back when I put it together, it was you know a labor of love. Um, and those commentaries, I think, are some of the really interesting things to get different viewpoints. It's not just us or our writers, or our editors, but really what's going on. So maybe you could spotlight what what this year, uh, month's magazine has for commentaries. 
I would agree. Definitely a labor of love. We have three commentaries in this issue. I'll kind of go through the three of them first, then dive into one of them a little bit more. But we have one by Lori Brewer. She serves right now as the EVP and general manager over at Simple Nexus. So great insight from her for anyone who's been following the space. She has always been someone who has a wealth of data, which I think we all love data. Then we also have one in there from Natalie Mullen, who is right now the market leader mortgage and banking at Jernia. Jernia is also, once again, big data company. <laughs> and I think data is kind of king right now. And then we have a third one, which gives it a little bit of a unique, different taste, taste that goes in, take that goes into millennial homebuyers and what to expect from the housing market. And that one is from Phil King, who serves as VP and principal product manager over at, um, XEOS valuations with ServiceLink. So ServiceLink, um, company. And those three commentaries really just kind of dive into what we're seeing when it comes to technology. They're all three tech companies. Um, Some of them past Tech 100 winners, which is why we wanted their expertise. But the one from Lori Brewer kind of goes into the 10 critical metrics to track in a purchase market. Right now, there's this giant shift happening in the industry. We're moving from a refi-driven market to a purchase-driven market. What does that look like? How are people navigating that change? And she goes into these 10 metrics and those 10 metrics are then broken into top categories. So you have the three overarching ones, which is important lead metrics, important pipeline metrics, important production metrics. So take those three buckets. Then within each of those three buckets, we have further things to watch when it comes to metrics to track. So underneath the lead metrics, you have the top referral sources, referral source lead to fund conversion rates. In important pipeline metrics, you have new applications by purpose type. You have expiring lock trends. Really helpful information to kind of look, take, take this commentary, kind of take notes as you're reading it and say like, okay, here are the 10 metrics that I should be tracking as we're shifting into a purchase-driven market, which I think is something a lot of people are watching and tracking right now. So very helpful information to have. Love that. And I uh, agree with you on her on her data and also, you know, known for the measuring different different parts of the industry. So I love that. You know, one of my very favorite parts of the magazine is what we do in the very back, which is called the kudos section. And that's, you know, just what it sounds like is, is where we really spotlight a, a company in mortgage or real estate that's really doing something interesting and good. A lot of times it's their charitable work that they're doing. And it's it's just fun to get to spotlight some of the good work that's going on and also to really tap into people's passions. Almost always at these companies, what we've found is that there is one person who's just um, who kind of leads the charge for their company to to be like this is the area maybe it's veterans maybe it's um you know underserved populations maybe it's just different kind of borrowers and then and then we'll really see them rally people in their company to to really give back and we know that the you know the mortgage industry and the real estate industry has a ton of charitable giving in it and it's just really fun to spotlight so maybe you can talk about who is in that uh spot this month yeah i can't i can't not also mention last month's two interesting notes maybe behind the scenes about Sarah and I is both of us come from military families, which is really important. Um, Both of us were military kids growing up. So I think um, honoring our veterans is a big cornerstone of Sarah and I, and also we're very big dog people. True, true. Those two things. Perfect. (laughs) So the last issue, so looking one back, the kudos that was live, there are so many sweet, adorable photos of these dogs and uh, animals going to service members. So that interlines with two things that Sarah and I are passionate about. But um, it's Fairway Mortgage donating dogs to service members and you know different families and people. 
and kind of helping fund those dogs as, you know, therapy dogs or help dogs for these people. So huge, beautiful cause, but I would also recommend it because there's such sweet photos of dogs in that, that I think will pull your heartstrings. Everyone needs dog photos right now. Okay. That's just true. I completely agree. How could you not look at, and these dogs are the sweetest and best trained dogs. (laughs) The one for the March issue, so that kudos with the dogs in Fairway was from the February issue. It's live on the website right now. The The latest one right now is um, Homes for Heroes. I might be saying that wrong, but it's Home for Heroes. That was a very big initiative, once again, for you know service members. They come in and they help the process when it comes to buying and selling a home, So they and even refinancing. So they kind of help um, in this educational place for kind of wherever a service member, military member is in the home buying process or selling process. And so they just hit a major milestone when it comes to helping these service members, which I would definitely highlight and kind of read through another really big cause helping helping the veterans who have you know served for us and finding a way to get back to them and also equipping LOs, mortgage lenders, real estate agents, basically equipping the people in the industry with the new tools and the knowledge that they need to help these people. So what is their tie to the mortgage industry? And I know, so to answer that, I've dove in quite a bit to service members. That was definitely not only a theme here, but that is a theme in the fairway dog one, but this one actually goes deeper into the role of this American hero. So it also goes back to firefighters, EMS, law enforcement, healthcare professional teachers, along with the military to help them find an easier route to buy or sell a home. So basically if you kind of go to the foundation's website, they've helped heroes save more than $93 million on their real estate transactions. And so to give a little bit into the process for how they get involved with the industry is basically different real estate agents and mortgage lenders go to their website and they fill out a form to schedule an appointment with one of the account executives. From there, if they choose to become an affiliate with the Homes for Heroes Foundation, they go through this onboarding process and this journey where they're giving resources and coaching and training and everything that they really need in order to properly equip borrowers or sellers with the information that they need who are in this, you know, hero, America's hero category. And so they try to attract people that resonate with wanting to give back and serve our heroes. Um, and that's a very big um, part of their lead generation process in order to gain people for their their foundation and their cause. Um, but that's really kind of the way they do it. There's different, you know, orders and foundations kind of across America for people who kind of help or the ways that they've given back. Love that. I love spotlighting them. You know, that's one of my favorites. Um, you know, the the magazine has a lot of different parts. We have features. Um, we have a feature on the the role of HUD, which I thought was very well done by Georgia Cromry. She's our um, senior mortgage reporter. And we have features on real estate and the secondary market and fintech and all sorts of things in there. And, and then we always end with what we call a parting shot, which is a, a a picture, kind of a story told through a picture. So tell us about that one this time. This parting shot was a little different. We've done a whole bunch of things for parting shot from the ending photo of a mortgage event or our own gathering of eagles event to photos of i'll give kind of a teaser for one coming up kind of like we've noticed this trend of you know mortgage industries getting into the sports space so things like that kind of this final image that we can use to close out the magazine what i thought was unique about this one is i really wanted to find extra ways to spotlight our tech 100 winners Recently, for anyone who's been following the tech, you know, acquisitions and news in this space, a big news that came out earlier within the past, um, you know, I think about year was Clear Capital's 
um, partnership and acquisition of Cuba Casa. They announced that acquisition back in September 2021 of Clear Capital acquiring Cuba Casa. And Cuba Casa is very interesting because they basically have this revolutionary mobile technology that automates floor plan sketches and it digitizes property data. But that is a very digital thing. But there's another element to that where they're partnering with photographers and uh, who basically are looking at this house. So I worked with Cuba Casa to get this aerial photo of a house. You could see the, the map of it, the layout, the grounds, this kind of big mansion to then look at the sketch of the house on the inside, which was this digital technology that was used to go around a map. So it was this cool, um, juxtaposition of being able to see the floor pan digitized in an image right next to this giant aerial photo of like, here's what the photo looked like. And so Cuba Casa has kind of been working with these photographers, made sure to get the photographer's credit in that parting shot section. That way you could see who who used the technology using and capitalizing on Cuba Casa's technology. So it was a fun way to spotlight one of our Tech 100 winners who happened to access and use amazing high quality photos. Love it. That's a great use of uh, that parting shot to really spotlight that on, on a couple of different levels. Well, Brenna, it sounds so fun. Um, I really encourage people to go and, and look at the magazine. It's available online. Of course, uh, people also get it in its print form in their, in their mailbox. So that's, that's my favorite way to see it, but online might be easier for people. Is there anything else you want to say about the magazine? I would just say as an extra note that HOV Plus is, or the magazine falls under HOV Plus program. So if you want to join HOV Plus, you go to housingware.com backslash membership. Once you join there, you'll have access to the magazine. Feel free to reach out to me at bnath at housingware.com if you'd like a code to join HOV Plus. But a lot of great content that goes along with the magazine. You get long form digital content, you get exclusive access and discounted rates to our events and so much more. So um, feel free to join it in order to read these things. I love it. There is a lot of original content in there that you don't, that you can't get unless you subscribe. So thank you so much, Brenna, for being on. Always great to have you. Thanks. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwarrant.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.